Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the What Culture Game podcast. I'm your host today, Josh Brown, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. And Jules Gill, whose name I got right this time. This is our <laughs> second take. <laughs> Hello everyone. And we're going to talk about Resident Evil 8 because if you've been following the main What Culture um, gaming YouTube channel, we have done loads and loads of news on Resident Evil 3, on Resident Evil 8 because leaks have just been coming out the wazoo and we're kind of just going to do a breakdown of everything we know and talk about what we want to see, what we hope doesn't make it from the leaks, what mm. we hope does and kind of just talk through the future of the Resident Evil franchise because if I had my way I'd turn the entire channel into a Resident Evil themed channel but sadly that cannot happen so I'm taking over this podcast I've locked Scott Tailford in a closet or a casket somewhere all you can hear is he's just like slamming against it like oh let me out I want to talk about Metal Gear (laughs) not today not today Scott let me talk about Resident Evil we bury you I mean the thing is is there there is huge potential for us to uh, do what culture stars channel star culture definitely should be a thing I mean how many videos have we collectively all been part of or something to put out in the past few months but you know why it's because of the fact that resident evil is just one of those franchises that's not just enduring despite a lot of the problems yeah. that's faced over the years it's one that's managed to capture the the world's attention because while silent hill was off doing the sort of oh what does it mean the context of horror in the sort of like the psyche this was much more of a body horror thing that like the Cronenberg and the sort of like disgusting body morphy stuff. And that is just a very Western horror theme that it's managed to just capture and catapult its way through. I mean, you've managed to get amazing. Well, I'll say amazing. You've managed to get some films out of it as well, haven't you? <laughs> yes. Which films do you like? I like uh, everything we included. Yeah. The, even the animated uh, ones. Even the animated ones. Yeah, everything. Animated one. The third one's all right. I guess it's, it's canon. It's fun. But there's a third one. There's yes. three animated yeah. ones. Yeah. Vendetta or something like that. Oh. It's cool. And, and they are dr- drastically leaping quality. Rebecca Chambers is in that. She returns for the first time since Zero. I've seen the one where there's a zombie full of planes. Aeroplanes. Do you want to replace oh, that? A plane full of zombies. Full of zombies. <laughs> yeah. That would be wild if it was the other way around. <laughs> I what think that mean? one's degeneration. But the best one is obviously... Uh, the uh, 2000 uh, Resident Evil. The very first one. Yeah, best one. And then number five's next. And then we don't need to talk about the final chapter. It's got your <laughs> mate um, uh, Salmon in, hasn't it? Colin Salmon, yes. Yeah. It's a Colin Salmon production of Colin Salmon. Both the Colin Salmon films are actually really good. Colin Salmon. So as you can see here, the Resident Evil fan, the atypical one, puts up with a lot of crap. Yes. <laughs> and we've put up with a lot of crap over this uh, well, series. that's it. You know, Colin Salmon fan club aside, we the Resident Evil franchise is probably the most malleable of any popular video game franchise, I think. It has been retooled and rebooted and reinvigorated so many times over the decades since it mm. launched that... 
many people have different ideas of what Resident Evil even is. Some mm. think of it as the classic, you know, the survival horror driven, the top, almost top down sort of tank controls sort of. Yeah, uh, the fixed camera. Fixed camera, you know, all of those things. Then you have the Resident Evil 4 style, you know, more action orientated, over the shoulder, third person shooters. And now we've got the Resident Evil 7 style, which I think a lot of fans haven't seemed to have taken to as much as I originally thought, because I love mm. that game. But I know the first person perspective is a point of contention. Well, it's interesting because um, when it first was, I actually looked up some facts uh, for today's podcast as well. Like, for example, I didn't know until today that originally Resident Evil 1 was going to be a first-person shooter. Mm. They always had it planned that it was going to be a first-person shooting game, but then they took it away, retooled it, and made it more cinematic because they thought that they could wow people with graphical things by having so much more detail in the environments, by having fixed cameras. A perfect uh, design choice that it actually put them on the map. If it was just another first-person shooter along the lights of um, like Doom or anything like that, would it have been as successful? Imagine if we got dead Dead Aim is the, f- or, or was it was it Dead Aim or yeah the, Umbrella Chronicles the, one as, as well. The, f- the very first Resident Evil game when you're walking around in a really bad base and you've got to walk to the corner and then slowly turn around as Mr X is looking at you and you get one shot and you got to run around again. I mean there have been some really bad like iterations. I think people love that game for some reason. What um the <clears> Survivor <throat> Resident Evil Survivor they like that game. The very first one on PS One that was like a first person shooter. And I should really yeah know I, th- I think this. it is Survivor. That, yeah. right that that's not a good game. No. I'm I'm sorry, like using the, the, the D-pad as a re- aiming rectical thing, that is not good. It wasn't even when analog sticks were out at the time. So you literally had to just be like, oh, I can only move in literally four directions. I, mean, oh. I, I love the franchise, but the original Resident Evil wasn't amazing either. We just, play, we just played because they're great zombie games, I think. I'm not sure if I want to stand for this. You down the hill of Resident Evil remake is the best thing ever. Yeah, actually. Yeah, you can. You also think that Resident Evil 6 is good. Yeah, you do. I tell you what, before we descend into okay, the absolute yes. madness absolute should we madness. like actually detail what we know about Resident Evil 8 and then we can go back through the games and detail what we liked and didn't like that's quite them. a good idea Jules you should be hosting this podcast no. if you have my opinion otherwise we're just going to talk about Colin Salmon all day so yes a recent <laughs> leak was sent into Biohazard Declassified um, the website which revealed apparently some more light on what we should expect from the in-development Resident Evil 8 and that includes that Ethan who was the protagonist of Resident Evil 7 is returning in some capacity as is Chris Redfield who showed up at the end of that game and in the game's DLC. It has been confirmed that it will be first person, not just from this leak, but Eurogamer has since corroborated Mm -hmm. that, yes, the game is going to be first person. They've, you know, talked to their sources and corroborated that fact, which, as we mentioned at the beginning, might, you know, split some fans. Uh, Apparently, zombies are going to be back as well, which kind of makes sense after the success of Resident Evil 2, but... It, replacing the molded from Resident Evil 7. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I didn't mm. love the molded, but going back to zombies, as much as I love zombies, and the Resident Evil franchise was, you know, defined by them at first. I don't know if that's a step back. I don't know. It's a really interesting one because our, over the years we've seen the type of viruses that have been used by Tricell and Umbrella have been completely different from one another. Like, obviously, apart from Resident Evil 3, that was the last time that air quote zombies actually technically existed because everything after that was Las Plagas, like all the other stuff as well. So to have it go back, they're going to have to engineer something in the story to explain why a T-virus-esque virus has been created for this. The only thing I can think of is that they're going to wield out the bad boy again and Albert Wesker is going to make a return because he is obsessed with the tyrant program and the only way that like the ty- T-virus, G-virus, it's like his baby. In- in- do you think they're going to do... Uh, what the- <laughs> I'm sorry to go back to the films, but they pulled out like, oh, by the way... Um- 
Uh, Dr. Isaacs was just a clone in the real ones in another uh. pod because the Wesker project. Do you really think that um, Oswald E. Spencer only made the like the well, the one the twelve of the twelve or fourteen of them? Yeah, and that's it. You didn't have a few spare, you know, in the cupboard <laughs> somewhere. It, it, it's one of those things where Albert Wesker for me is one of the perfect he's video amazing. game he's villains brilliant. because he's like campy. He's really over the top. I mean that. Thing will go down in infamy for both the right and wrong reasons. He was super powered. He was 90s cool in 2010, which as a throwback to me is just fascinating video game design. Somehow worked. I don't Somehow know. worked. And like, you know what? He died in a volcano in five. It's because there were like Cap uh, people from Capcom going like records saying, now we want a reason. Like, you can't come back from that. You can't come back from rocket launches in, have, a, in a volcano. Have they not witnessed any of the Tekken franchise games? <laughs> being thrown into a volcano is pretty much just like being kicked in the shin a little bit. Yeah. That, you just walk it off. Yeah, I think if Wesker comes back from this and that's the OG Wesker, then. I mean, I'm I'm game for it. I don't not want to see Wesker ever again. It's it's a real it's a real shame because Capcom have taken quite a few decisions uh, across the timeline of these games, which has like irreparably changed what happens. Like there is no Raccoon City anymore because obviously it's nuked at the end of three. But it's a shame because that is such an identifiable location. They could have mined that out a bit further. I, I will say though, I think that is, I think it's both like I think it's both good and bad that mm. they do make those decisions to move on because, like I said at the beginning, you know this franchise is always so good at reinvigorating itself and that's because it does I, stick to consequences and changes and it develops characters it might not always develop them in interesting or good ways but it's occasionally mostly sticks to its guns i totally agree with you and the move away from three to four obviously resulted in what is arguably one of the greatest games that's ever been made like yeah. the amount of times that ben roy has completed it is unfathomable at this point it's a rocket launchers mate i'll just kill everything in one shot there we go but they make these decisions and then they kind of retroactively seem like they've not pulled the trigger on anything new to replace them. Like, remember in Resident Evil 5, they had the DLC that took you back to Spencer's mansion, and that was almost an exact replica of the Resident Evil 1 mansion because they were clearly going like, oh, God, people really like the first games. Like, they want this, and we'll just give them what they want. Who can you say has replaced Wesker as a focal point of fear in that series? There's no one, because they always either get killed off by the end of their own games, or they don't have any sort of, like, persistence. It's kind of a problem that they have the where they kill the baddies eventually, mm. and all sort of, like, the nice good cast all seem to survive by like one or two people that's why they need every to, few games yeah they need to pull the trigger on sure this we one lost a load of people in re1 but they weren't really characters yet we didn't know a no. lot of the stars members but like how long has chris and jill um, like lasted at this point like at this at this point in time the fact that leon chris claire jill are still going it's almost like unbelievable i know that they're meant to be like the people who survive by the skin of their teeth but you know when it's like the roman reigns thing yeah. when you win so much by the skin of your teeth you're still winning like yeah. you're just seen as superheroes i mean chris is literally you've seen the size of his biceps i mean he's toned down a little bit for Resi <laughs> seven not anymore yeah, but, yeah but like seriously that was like the point of parody and i'm hoping that capcom will be brave enough because taking a risk and putting it into first person for resident evil 7 was a huge gamble after the success so i hope that they take it again and actually kill some characters i would like to see that because like you said, I think Resident Evil is in a strange predicament that no other franchise ever has kind of been in it, in the fact that it has so many beloved iconic characters that just there's not enough time in the day to give each one of them their own game so they need to pick and choose who to like which ones to put in new releases well, they gave which you ones to focus Barry on. his own game. 
They, they, Revelations they, two. I mean. I'm, I'm smiling just because I know that this is a lead-in for Josh to talk about Resident Evil six about oh. how, they, how they were like, oh, but they had all the time in that one, and they still cocked it up. Go on, tell That's... us about how Piers Niven is great. Yeah, right. I was going to say yes, yes, Jules, you've, uh, you've you've caught me out here. <laughs> I feel I feel very bamboozled. But no, in Resident Evil six, that was marketed as this like essentially an Avengers style crossover mm. event. We we all had like those um, moments in the trailers where Leon had finally met Chris, you know, on screen for the first time, and it should have been epic but at that point in time it did just sort of feel like they were superheroes and now we do have Ethan from Resi 7 who was more of a no name everyman protagonist but that both worked for that one game but I don't think it works in the long term of setting him up as an identifiable and, like protagonist I yeah, don't really care yeah. if Ethan returns or not for the next nobody game nobody really opinion. dies in that one either because apart from the poor innocent police officer in the garage mm. but if you play the end of Zoe DLC she gets out alright if you yeah, there's the, all, all the DLC get, basically plugs all the gaps. You get it? the real ending. Evelyn's fine. Well, not Res- Evelyn. Um, Mary is it? Maria. Maria. That's it. Resident Evil Seven is weird in that in the first hour it teases you and it hits you with all of these big developments. Like you get mm. your arm chopped off, mm. chainsawed mm. off, even mm. worse. Yeah, and yet you can kind of just put it back on later on. So, so it gives bizarre, you all of it? this strange body horror stuff that should have consequences, and yet it kind of doesn't. And I, and I like that, but it is, I think, a sort of weird case of this franchise, like you said, never quite fully pulling the trigger. Sometimes it feels like it's shooting blanks, and that mm. can make for exciting games, but it's weird considering, like you said, it will do things like nuke Raccoon City or make big changes to like the overall plot, but when it comes to the characters themselves they are often the versions of them that fans want them to be. You know what I mean? We've yeah. built up the likes of Chris Redfield and the likes of Leon uh, as these big, you know, identifiable mm-hmm, archetypes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when things do change, like even Chris getting a new face in Seven or toning down a bit, mm. we all kind of treat it, all the fans kind of treat it as this kind of strange... It's like sacrilege almost. It's almost like yeah. sacrilege, yeah. And it's, it's weird because we, we do talk about like... We don't get enough Raccoon City, even though we did get the, the first three games were all in that series. So second two games were all in that city. Yeah. I think we'll get more satisfaction out when we get free remake because I'm yeah. excited for them to not make it an, an open world, but like say, instead of having one single street, you go down the whole time, it give you the choice of like three or four the yeah. whole time. And, and like, you know, I think it's going to be, le- I'm hoping it's going to be less alleyways and more actually going through Raccoon City. I'm nervous about this remake. This, this remake. And also, I'm going to say that the, the Raccoon City and the nuke in the Raccoon City is like the big bang of the Resident Evil universe. From there, it's spread out. You know what? Got all this. That's yeah. very poetic, that. Yes. I like that a lot. <laughs> I really love that. A big it's... biohazard metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should mention locations because a part of this um, biohazard declassified, um, you know, the rumors that they got, it did say that it, would, it wasn't going to be taken place over mostly one location like Resident Evil 1 or even Resident Evil 7 to an extent where you had the um, the, the, the rundown mansion. This will take place from villages, it will go up to castles, it mm. will go into snowy mountains so it feels like it's going to have at least structurally, it's going to be similar to Resident Evil 4 in the way more yeah. or less in the same vein. You start in a village, you moved up to a big gothic castle mm-hmm. and you had all these set pieces it in between. Of, it kind of sounds like it's going to do the Code Veronica X where it kind of like starts one place in like the prison island and then goes off into Alaska into this like mm-hmm. sort of the thing style base or in like um, Revelations 1 where you mainly play as Jill on the ship but you got a bit of the backstory of Chris and then those other two buffoons that I forget their names oh the comedy relief characters yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so I feel like if right. Chris is going to feature a bit you're going to have a little bit of Chris that way just a little side note on those two characters in, in particular yeah that 
ruined that side of the campaign for me there because at no point did I feel like they were capable officers. They were invisible all. enemies, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna get through this." <gasps> Lol. It's yeah. like it's like just walking memes, man. Sickening. Although I have to admit, re- uh, Revelations uh, on the boat actually really good. Shame really good. didn't die. Shame yeah. didn't die. Shame. Uh, even Russian man who I forget his name, who's Jill's <laughs> mate for that. Oh yeah. Falls into the fire. Now he's fine as well. Yeah. No one can die. I still not played Revelations. I'd I'd really recommend it. It's really really good. Um, it's. You can tell that the technical limitations are there because it was made for the 3DS first, and then obviously it was like... But big. you can walk and shoot. But you can walk and shoot. <laughs> yeah, that is a big, big one. There. I remember that when that was finally implemented in bloody um, Resident Evil yeah, 6. So yeah. And it, it had a bunch of other stuff as well. You could jump to the ground. Yeah. You could like move around. You could karate chop these zombies. You could do wrestling moves on them. It was mad, and that's why Resident Evil 6 is nope. the greatest game no, ever made. No. But, um, <laughs> you, uh, what about Code Veronica X, Josh? You should maybe... Uh, yeah, but I love Code Veronica X. It's a great game. He's not playing it. I'm not biting uh, um, ah. uh, on the enemies front, quickly going back mm-hmm. to that, um, in classic Resident Evil fashion, apparently there is going to be a persistent stalkerish enemy um, called, I think it's just called the Stalker, who is this sort of female figure who haunts you from the shadows mm. and will show up time and time again, kind of like Mr. X and Resi 2, kind of like Jack and Resi 7. They... I'm not sure about this, guys, mm. because although that sort of character is, you know, at this point integral to most of the games that we all love. I don't know how much I actually like that in 7, constantly running away from Jack and shooting him and for him to get back up. It was cool at first, but having to deal with that all the way through and having to deal with it in Resident Evil 2 and having to deal with it mm. in the upcoming Resident Evil 3, I wonder if that gimmick has been overplayed a little bit. They might be able to do something interesting with it, but on, you know, just on the surface, we were talking about them wanting to do you know, new things. Mm-hmm. And for me, I want them to kind of get away from having that thing constantly chasing you just because yeah. they've done it so much and so recently. I mean, yeah. you have to look at um, how games like uh, Alien Isolation managed to use that with its like, you know, clever use of having two AIs, one telling you where the player was and the other one that had the mouth or was in control of the body or something it like that. Eventually so cheat, it eventually like, yeah. yeah, eventually just cheat and find you. Yeah, but it was, it was because it was, it was narrowing down where mm. it was. It, the other one was giving hints. I feel like if they implemented that sort of system into it, it's great. By the end of Resident Evil 2, remake whenever mr x came around i wasn't afraid i was just kind of like yeah i can outrun you you're you're a big fat idiot like, you can't come indoors so i mean yeah that's, that's also so problem. you just kind of you kind of like okay the fear immediately dissipates when you see the limitations but if they use it correctly if they make this stalker character less of an enemy that follows you around the regular locations and more of a set piece enemy that you eventually leads to a boss fight i think that that would actually be a lot I better i was about to say the same thing like have it locked in one pers- like specific area and don't have it through like, like the whole game because that will just get exhausted. Maybe like one or two areas where it can yeah. follow you in. So like when say you get to like the thing base, let's say that that is where they're going with this. Yeah. Maybe as soon as you get inside that bit there, you're only in there to maybe like turn on a communications array. I, I, I have no idea if this is what's going to be, but I'm just bear with me. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. That for that section there, it it follows you outside, trying to grab you through the windows and break windows, or like get like stuff in. Fine, that's great. But if it was then always following you wherever you are, it's just kind of like, uh, okay, yeah. a bit of a drag now. Kind I of... think the survival horror element like leaves after all because you're yeah. just focusing on that thing and then you run past like a liquor and like, oh god, now I'm getting slashed. Yeah, well, it's, it's once that mystique wears off, isn't it? It's once it just becomes a system or a mechanic or a, or a feature rather than like an actual character or a scare where you just you start treating it like with your gamer brain rather than your regular frightened human brain where you're looking at how the devs have programmed it and how you can exploit it or where it's going to be and where it's not going to be. I can't remember where I saw it, but originally there was um, uh, the plans for Jack Baker was going to be that his AI was going to be incredibly ruthless. They didn't want you to be in the same room as him. It was a case of you see him, you go somewhere else and you wait for him to leave. And there was, a, I can't remember if there was a video clip or the description was that they, they talked about how people... Um, use tables and like chest high walls it's on one side and you're on the other and you're just basically running around just going ha 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 you can't catch me and they never think to obviously lean over well the example that they use with jack is that he was going to grab the edge of the table and th and throw it out the way like mo destroying the environment and i was like that would have been amazing if they'd done that immediately my gamer brain would have been switched off because i'd be like oh i can't just cheese this i have to cheese it yeah. and go i think there is a great example in that game as well when jack sort of smashes through one of the walls yeah. and you don't expect it yeah. and it has the same effect of this isn't supposed to happen yes. i don't know what to do i'm just going to run away and i do think they got it they got it quite well in that title but as we said perhaps he just showed up one too many times yeah. or they used him one too many times i think there's a way to do it if you use them sparingly like you said jules and maybe save them for set pieces it's not back um it's uh, backtracking as well mm. that's the thing that does it 
with um, Resident Evil 2, uh, when you go back and play the original game, once you go back through all of the areas that you've already cleaned out, because you will eventually get enough ammo to defeat everything on there, at least in the normal modes, it doesn't replace enemies. It's really boring. There's like a few bits where you're just walking around like there are no enemies that have come back. And while that is like realistic in that sense, it just is like, oh, right, okay. Most of my playthroughs, I did kind of like leave the left side of the um, police precinct just to... Ah, uh, you're full of zombies now. That that corridor, yeah, I can't go back that way. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, but as soon as you play on the easy difficulties, unless you're, like, trying not to hit them in the head, you can pretty much clean everything out. Yeah. This is what I noticed when I was last year before, or maybe even after Resident Evil 2 came out, um, I played through the original version of 1 on the PlayStation 1, and then I played through 1 Remake um, mm-hmm. on the PS4. Um, and the thing I noticed the most is, in the original game, when you do clear out parts of the um, the mansion, they're just gone. And when you get to the later areas of the game, when you are just walking around, you're backtracking, there's no threats yeah. or you're too overpowered to the point where, you know, it doesn't really matter because you've got a giant grenade launcher with your Jill. There um, is kind of a bit of a nightmare if you, do, if you don't clear out properly and then you get a war. Is yeah. Crimson Heads yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're the... Bad. Um, the, Ica, uh, the, hunters. the hunters. Yes. Well, this is what I'm saying. That's when I played um, the remake, and I and thought that smartly subverted that because areas you cleared out yeah. might have a crimson head there if you don't take them out properly, or they might have new enemies, things change. And I thought that dynamic approach to level design is something that I, I want to see more of in the Resident Evil series, yeah. and we get it occasionally in 7, but I feel like, for me, the one remake is still the high bar for that kind of stuff. Because of the fact it was constantly adding in new enemies all the time to make even familiar layouts feel uncomfortable. That's how you should do it. But when you were having situations in 7, you'd be walking around and Jack would be stalking you or whatever, and the mold would come out, and you'd just be like, okay cool right well um there's nothing new here now so you're not making this feel fresh i'm just gonna go right i know exactly where to go i know exactly what's gonna happen and they need to make sure when they're developing resident evil 8 that the backtracking is either kept to a minimum to keep things fresh or that new enemies and challenges uh present themselves within the same areas it's always a difficult sort of line to tow, i suppose because according to these rumors we're going to be moving around locations more mm. often than we were in resident evil 7 but at the same time part of me loves that most of resident evil 1 takes place in one one sort of you know location and i kind of i don't dislike two for moving away from that a little mm. bit but i feel like once you get out of the prison in that game the game isn't as good as the first few hours is that well, when you go down to the um the lab and everything yeah, like that. yeah. It, it, the tone changes a lot in that game that's when you, it. it's definitely a game of two halves in that sense but at the same time would i not be saying the same thing had they set it all in the police station then you got bored of the backtracking yeah, yeah, you got bored true. Of going through so it's kind of it's, it's a it's, it's a difficult needle to thread i think it's weird because i kind of felt like you're in the police station just long enough yeah mm. but then i'm um, like it's when you when we get to free how there's going to be hardly any backtracking in that at all. So it's, that's going to be almost like a, a straight shoot action I, uh, horror game. So I did really we, like 3 for that. Yeah, it was kind of a refresh there. And also, I think it was more just that fact that they just had to get out. So they didn't want to... But, yeah. if you, but, but if you look at areas. four, four moves with a really consistent pace. The only time that you're really backtracking is when you're in the castle and you're looking for the sigils. Four is like the... two steps forward and then like one step back in a solo where you go through the village, but then you come back around just one little shot, then mm. through a little house. And you keep doing these sort of like bigger loops and get away from I everything. like that because it's, yeah. it makes it, the journey there feels fresh. Like every time I came back and I was like, oh, I've been here before, but now something is totally different here. My one knocking against four though is when you get to the point, um, was it Steve in the helicopter? 
and you're just oh, shooting, you're yeah. just mowing down these guys at the end. I, like. I felt like that was a really weird tone shift because yeah. everything else up until that point felt really balanced. But then all of a sudden it was like waves, hordes of enemies coming towards you. Tell me where they are and I'll shoot them down. I'm like, this is a game mechanic that you are introducing way too late in this game. Well, dual skill. I think this is the patented Resident Evil over-reliance of action in the mm. final third because, again, go back to Resident Evil 7, that had that as well. Once you were in the mines at the very end and you had, what was it, an AK-47 or something, you were just mowing yeah, down all the molded. Yeah, yeah. It made the molded not scary. It was sort of wrought and repetitive in my opinion. And I feel like every single time Resident Evil indulges in those action climaxes, it kind of gets something a little bit off. Even in Resident Evil 4, which I love, like you said, it's it's satisfying in the moment, but it is a weird tonal shift where it's almost like they're just ticking a box of, we need a big climax. Yeah. So throw this giant squid looking dude in there and give you a rocket launcher. Well, with the Resident Evil uh, games have always got this uh, a really hard balancing act between empowerment and disempowerment because the way that you create fear in like most video games is by making your character feel vulnerable like you've got a knife you can't attack all of these enemies or you do have a gun but you don't have enough ammo to kill all of them the moment that you give them a weapon that are capable of dealing mass amounts of damage you've basically told them that these enemies here they're not a threat to you because th what is coming next is and it's like that um the Dark Knight uh, films, uh, sorry, the, uh, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, mm -hmm. you spend all the way through the first one learning to fear the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow is dealt with in the first 10 minutes to establish the late, the, the Joker is the bigger, better threat. And these games do that, but they do it with squid bosses yeah. that have had no introduction and have no sort of like impact with the player. So you're just kind of like, oh, I was just really getting to like those guys and now you're telling me they're useless. That is interesting actually because I do think that's something that Resi 2 did well in that mm. the zombies for the most part at least 90% of that game remain scary even yeah. when they introduced you know those weird plant based oh, monsters. the IVs. The IVs which were also terrifying but like, I never knew they could insta-kill you until I did one of the hunk runs because yeah. I'd never let them get that close to me because I was just like ah, you're not get, get away from me you dirty plant. It's, 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 you it's, dirty it's, clicker impersonator sort of it's thing. It's when the head opens yeah. to be another set of mouths and you're just like oh Oh my gosh. Old hunk got numbed on in yeah. that one. <laughs> Chunk a hunk. Speaking yeah. of um, enemies, what do you guys think about werewolves? Ah. Not Resident Evil. Not Resident Evil. That's a part of the leak again. Apparently there's going to be some wolf-based enemies. Hopefully they come out only on the full moons. But that is... I, I don't think it's going to be actual werewolves with um, silver bullets yeah. and the moon. I think it's going to be just like a Cerberus, but a bit of aggressive yeah, right, okay. man yeah. body. You know, you know what? I actually do retract that slightly because I have to remember that Umbrella Corporation, before they started experimenting on humans, they were experimenting on animals, hence why you have so many oversized creatures, which I thought was a lovely explanation as to why you fight a giant scorpion on a train or like well, uh, a the bat. and they just accidentally got infected as well. They exactly. They into a thing and oh, big scorpion. And then you get those horrible mutations in five and six that are just really gross. Like the big winged thing that you fight, I genuinely thought that that was disgusting. And like the big crab thing, that's like called the UA or some really boring name like that. But so, they, so if they want to have werewolves, if it's literally just a wolf... The infected wolf's DNA that's been injected into a man. I can I can believe it within the Resident Evil thing if it's like Umbrella getting up to their whole sort of like gene splicing ways. But I just feel like it's a strange move to I say it's, it's zombies and werewolves because they are two very different things. Got to be science or like virus based because they, they even explain away a lot of the mm. molded magic in um, Seven with a lot of like oh she. Um, her spores are actually in your brain so she can control yeah. your brain like that so it's never really like actual magic but mm. I don't want to see these 
mythical monsters be sort of like real? The only way that I can think of is if they're saying that they're going to take us to um, the Arctic wastes, then you're probably going to get wolves being bred with men or women there because, or like spliced over because it's going to be this whole like, you're going to be walking through this snowstorm and then all of a sudden hunted by these sort of like half human, half wolf things. That could be cool. Like that could thing, be very you know cool. I mean? yeah. yeah, that could be very cool. But I it's mean, just... Also in Veronica, when we get like... Are you going to say the Eliminators, the monkeys? Well, no, they're, they're they're your, they can do one. They're your, favorite, they're your favorite enemies, are they? It's when Wesker and, um, I think it's, uh, I can't Is it Slug Boy? Leech no, Man? the actual, uh, this is, sounds really bad now because I can't remember her oh, sorry. name. Uh, I think her name is Veronica, the, the person you fight at the end of Co-Veronica. Oh, what, the uh, one that just starts spitting fire onto the floor? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. This sounds bad because I've written hundreds of words on her but when Wesker starts fighting her in this room and she's actually just sort of almost like mad catching she's she's throwing you can see she's throwing liquid but it looks like she's just summoning fire as he's running around the walls and doing matrix kicks at her and sort of thing I don't mind getting weird that way but just like try and keep it in some sort of science weird thing I think they did get onto a winner with Resi 7 where it was like she'd infected your brains and now you were seeing all this spooky stuff and it it kind of has a basis in science but also gives them a license to go kind of mad with it and mm-hmm. do what they want because I thought for for mm-hmm. me I love Resident Evil obviously I wouldn't be doing this podcast otherwise yeah. but when it comes to the monster designs I've never particularly been scared of them I thought they were cool mm-hmm. I always think they're fun to fight but for me Resident Evil 7 in the way it channeled you know Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre that to me was actually genuinely scary yes. you weren't scared of the regenerators in Resident Evil 4 except Don't. from the regenerators in Resident Evil 4 mm. I'm about to say also it's Alexia by the way it just came off my head oh, okay. that. Right. but you know they, they some of the scariest things that I remember getting into that part of the game now nah, i'm just gonna come back another day <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was that was legit i turned the game off that point i was like i'll oh, do this later but i know what you mean well some of the monsters like you just get so desensitized mm. i think that's why they chose the persistent enemies so much because like because it's just one character kill it like i'm more scared of dr salvador in four when you know that unless you hit him in his um, bag bag for a head yeah. then you ain't gonna get away and he's just gonna one shot kill you yeah. what's, the, what's the name of the um, the pursuer in Resident Evil 6 is that the Urugant or something it's like that there is just to me a a cheap nemesis ripoff like you look at it and it's like oh he's bigger than nemesis he's stronger than nemesis he's faster than nemesis he's got cool gadgets and guns it's kind of like you're trying too hard they you're really try trying to too hard they even hide and seek section in that game but all it is is you just get into a bin and then he might notice you and he blends you in the bin and then it's like <laughs> bin blender yeah it's never really scary like a nemesis where he goes doors and then you like run do you know what it is it's the uh, Pepe Le Pew formula of it because he walks so slowly it's that persistent fear of an, an enemy that won't stop that's why it follows as a film is genuinely creepy like oh, knowing that there is one it. creature walking just at walking pace towards you endlessly is much more terrifying than something charging at you because it's like it's the threat of it rather than the immediacy of adrenaline. Although that's saying no invisible enemies, please, they can do one. <laughs> if they ma- if they make them invisible werewolves, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to end on is that um, it's this has popped up time and time again, and it's been corroborated by this leak is that um, this might not even be called Resident Evil Eight. It's going to be mm. following on from Resi Seven, but Capcom apparently aren't sure whether they're going to include it in the title or whether it's going to be more of a spin-off you know like it might just follow the Resident Evil Biohazard kind of Biohazard 1 Biohazard mm. 2 I mean that would make that would make it weird in Japan where I guess it would be Biohazard Biohazard 1 which they'll probably work. do it Biohazard Resident Evil Biohazard 
interesting <laughs> like, like that. But what do you would you guys would it would these changes sit more comfortably with you if this wasn't a numbered sequel and was treated as more of a spin-off? If they're going to make a bigger if they're going to take a big risk with it, then I would rather it be a numbered title so that it basically stands as an, an installment. Like, that's the whole point of it. If it feels like they've gone this far with it, down the development track, and then they just bottle out of it and say, actually, it's just a spin-off, don't count this one alongside the main games, then that actually suggests that they're not proud of it, that they're not willing to say that this is the next evolutionary step of their virus of Resident Evil. I think it's weird, because if you put it in the Revelations category, like... People like those games, but they don't sell as well because it's like, oh, it's not really the main game yeah. sort of thing. And they don't get marketed as heavily yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, you could always try and go for another sort of like, just do another sort of standalone bit in the story like Code Veronica. Like, I wouldn't mind if they did that, but well, this is I the want thing. the narrative to move forward. Like Code Veronica only sold well because of the fact that it was a PS2 exclusive for a while and it was like After one of... The, uh, the Dreamcast died, yeah. Yeah, so so basically it was like, it came over. Actually, that was it. It was on the Dreamcast first and then it came over. Yeah. It had all of the hype and it was the first time that many people would play it because the PS2 sold really, really well. But it was a case of like, when you've got um, the what what other spin-offs can you name from the franchise that are actually actually amazing? Uh, yeah, it's weird because you go to like the Outbreak Files and but they but they they're good for the multiplayer aspect and stuff. But then no, the only actual amazing amazing one is CBX, and then Revelations is kind of like a nice side dish, a nice little starter. I'd say that every single spin-off, bar a few are great gimmicks, but they're not great games. Like, yeah. every single one of them's got a really cool thing that they're trying to push, like, oh, it's this in this one, or it's this in this one. But I feel like Resident Evil 7 was really brave in what it did. I think that's it as well. Even though a lot of those games are quite good, I feel like, you know, when it's a spin-off, it's viewed as another Resident Evil. Yeah. You know, it's not viewed as the next Resident mm. Evil. It's just adding to the pile of extra spin-off content that's already out there. And that could be fine. You can mm. do some great things in that space. But I feel like if they're going to do something bold, are they going to try something new? I'd like to see that number just yeah. because then it will get the push. It will get the marketing. It will get the, you know, the audience it probably deserves. And you can decide you don't like that then. But to me, I do feel like it would be a bit, bit of a cop-out to not give Resident Evil 7 a proper sequel and allow it to exist on its own as a number yeah. one. I'd like to say, like, if they're going to do any sort of spin-off, it has to be, like, canon as well, because we used to get a lot of games that came out, and, like, they're kind of based around here, but then they get sort of, like, washed away over time. Mm. But as they've they've said that they wanted to do this as, like, the pseudo-trilogy, like, 1, 2, 3, and mm -hmm. then 4, 5, 6, but hopefully we don't get to the, like... Eight, nine, and then they're super actiony games where you're like swinging. <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. Like but yeah. I'm glad I, that they're keeping it first person though. I think they should. Ha the next three numbered games should be with the next two after seven. Obviously, should be first person. Yeah. Stick with it, make it a thing, and then from there go where we wherever they want. Because yeah. if they want to remake Cobra and Correct down the line, we've had the two. We hopefully freeze amazing as well as two. Yeah, I think we've had our fill of that. I mean, I always want more. Like, give yeah. me, give me more every, give me, give me fifty more all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I think that we keep to the first person aspect for now and try and make it more claustrophobic and different. I mm. fully agree, Ben. Right? I think that when we have these, we have these remake um, series now that lets you have the old Resident Evil experience, and we should do something new. But I suppose we should throw it over to the old listeners and see what they think. Mm. What do you guys think about these rumors? Are you looking forward to Resident Evil Eight? Would you like this version of Resident Evil Eight? Should these leaks and rumors come true? And you can t talk to us about it over on Twitter.com. Jules, what's your handle? It's Retro J with a zero. Ben Roy, what's your handle? 
Benroy Turner. Mine is Josh Broom with two O's. You have been listening to the What Culture Getting podcast. We will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Stars. Stars. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.